Hey, you're listening to the Birth Junkie Podcast. Get ready to dive into all things birth with me. We talk about all the hot topics from preconception to postpartum. I'm so excited for you to join me on this journey to realizing that we're all human. We all make mistakes and it's going to be messy at times. And we're all just kind of figuring it all out as we go. Now, if you're ready to hear raw, unfiltered, and real-life stories of struggles, triumphs, and learn a thing or two from parents and birth professionals alike, then come along as we navigate this thing called parenthood together. All right, my fellow people pleasers, this episode is for you. So we're going to talk about people pleasing and where it comes from. And then I'm going to give you 10 tangible tips to overcome that people pleasing and be able to say no when you mean no. Let's dive in. It can be easy to be a people pleaser at times. Like how many times have you said yes when you really wanted to say no? Do you say yes even when it goes against every value to your core? Do you often let others' needs come before yours? Like, for example, say somebody asks you, hey, can you watch my son while I go run these errands or while I go get my nails done and you're 39 weeks pregnant, you have two kids of your own and you're exhausted and you just want to rest because you know you're at the end of your pregnancy and you want some kind of self-care too but you say yes and then you're asking yourself afterwards why did I say yes I'm so tired or that was so exhausting and it's your choice, you know, what you want to do with your time, but that's where people pleasing comes in and sabotages us. Uh, another situation that might arise, you know, if you're pregnant, your doctor might say, Hey, let's induce you because you're 40 weeks now. So technically you'll, you're full term and it's time to get your baby out. And you say, yes, even though you're going against your better judgment, even though you're going against your original plan, which was just to wait and let labor spontaneously happen, it can be super hard to say no when you actually mean no. But the one who will actually pay the price in a not-so-positive way is you. And, you know, I'm not telling you this as a person that has perfected this, I'm definitely not saying that at all. I still struggle with people pleasing, you know, sometimes daily, depending on the situation, but especially in pregnancy. And that's what kind of launched me towards, you know, not being a people pleaser was because I struggled with it so much in each of my pregnancies. You know, if you follow me on Instagram, then you'll see that I have four children, three of which I had a C-section for. And I will be honest, 
the last two C-sections, I didn't educate myself. And I also was really struggling with being a people pleaser. You know, I didn't want to make waves. So I just did what they wanted. So once I got to my fourth pregnancy and decided that I was going to have a vaginal birth after three C-sections, I learned how to advocate for myself. I learned that I didn't have to do what people wanted me to do just so that I wouldn't make waves. I could do what I wanted to do and that should be it. And to this day, I still practice with, you know, working on not being a people pleaser because it takes practice. It takes practice and consistency And, you know, it does get easier over time to choose what will serve you best because that's ultimately, you know, what matters is what's going to serve you, not what's going to serve others. Now, I'm wondering, have you ever felt like you said yes to something and you immediately regretted it or you said yes to something and it ends up completely draining you and it completely drains you to the point where you don't even want to do what feels good to you or what you planned on doing because you said yes to this other person and then you drained yourself and you've lost all that energy to do what you love. So doing what you love doesn't feel like you're doing what you love anymore because you're so drained from doing that other thing. So that's why I wanted to share with you 10 ways on how you can stop people pleasing and start saying no when that's actually what you mean. So first I want to help you realize how people pleasing is normal. We all want to help people or make others feel good. So this is a natural thing for us to do. We have learned this behavior in childhood and unconsciously we bring it into our adulthood. There's so many ways that we have learned this in childhood and I'll list a few here. So If you had a parent or caregiver that had really high expectations for you and, you know, might have punished you when you made a mistake or when you didn't live up to their expectations, that's how that can be ingrained in you, being a people pleaser because of that. Uh, Another way is if you had a parent or caregiver that pushed you towards very high level success. And, you know, that an example of that would be like an Olympian, you know, they're pushed to a very high level of success, very young. So people pleasing can come into effect full force, because they're so used to wanting to please their parent to reach that high level of success that they expect of them. Another way that people pleasing could have been ingrained in you is if you experienced trauma of any kind, you know, physical, emotional trauma. And sometimes people pleasing is used as a coping mechanism. 
Like you are so traumatized by that, that you're trying everything in your power to not let that happen again. So you do that by people pleasing, by just saying yes to everything. So another way is if your parent or caregiver caregiver was a people pleaser themselves, (laughs) then you could just be modeling that behavior and you wouldn't even realize it. Because, you know, as a child, oh my gosh, children are such sponges. They just take everything in and make it their own. So that's one reason or one way you could be introducing people pleasing into your life is from your parents. And people pleasing is so exhausting. And it can leave you feeling stressed and burned out. And have you ever noticed that? Like when you say yes to somebody, um, like going out, for instance, like you wanted to stay in and just relax because you've had a long week from work and you're like, I just want to be home and chill with my kids or whatever. And then somebody says, hey, let's go out for drinks. And you really don't want to, but you end up saying yes anyways. And you're stressed, you're burned out, and then you're more tired than you originally were because you guys ended up staying out till 2 a.m. because they kept saying, hey, one more drink, one more drink. And you're like, oh, well, I guess we're already out here. So, <laughs> you know, it's exhausting. So how do you know what you're about to say yes when you mean no? A true yes will align with your values and you know, your best interest, you'll actually feel it with your body. It feels easy and there's no doubt or worry when you say yes. Now, if your body feels like, you know, tense or you're starting to have anxiety, that could be your body trying to tell you that this is probably a good time to say no. So you want to make sure you're feeling a whole body yes when you're agreeing to something. Some reasons you may avoid listening to your inner voice is probably because you follow a few personal rules. One is you help people because that's what you'd want if you're in need. And, you know, it might be, Because we're told, do unto others what we want done for us or to us. So that's one of those personal things that is just ingrained in our brain. So another reason is because you're a person of your word and you don't want to seem flaky. I totally get that. I have done that to a fault for sure. You know, I have a million things on my to-do list and somebody asked me, for instance, to help them move. And even though I already have like 10 things on my list, I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll help you. Because unconsciously, I don't want to seem like a flaky friend. You know, I want to be there to help my friends because, you know, like I said before, I you know, and not necessarily that I expect them to do it in return. Cause I mean, they just do it anyways, but you know, you do to others what you want done for you. 
And then you don't want to seem flaky. So it's like you go all in. Uh, Another reason is you may be a caregiver type and practice that savior behavior since, you know, it seems like everybody comes to you in a pinch. So you're like, well, yes, I'll help save you. And I think this is a problem. I mean, it's a problem in lots of avenues, but I know personally, I am actually a home health aide. So I've done home health uh, throughout the years for, oh gosh, I want to say eight years now. So I literally am a caregiver. You know, I help the elderly and I do for them, you know, kind of what I would want done for me if I were in that situation. And also now that I'm a doula, you know, this is a serving occupation. You are serving someone else's needs. So that can definitely be a fine line to cross. Uh, So in regards to pregnancy, labor, and postpartum, all of these apply. But especially, you know, the reasons like you might fear that you'll be rejected or abandoned, specifically by like your practitioner, if you say no to their recommendations, because you don't want to have to switch doctors and start all over again uh, with your appointments. Another reason is you fear that if you say no, you'll have an argument or, you know, your practitioner will be upset with you or even your partner by going against the grain. And I totally get that because we're so ingrained to, you know, follow this uh, authority figure and what they tell us. We're supposed to, you know, just do what they say and we don't want them to be upset with us and we don't want to start any conflict. We try to avoid conflict at all costs. It's hard. It's a hard, fine line, but you know, you have to go back and think about what's going to serve you best because it's not about them. You know, you're, and I hate to say it like this, but you're just another person that they're seeing. They're not going to remember you once you're not seeing them. Um, you know, they they have hundreds and hundreds of revolving patients, um, clients, you know, just depending on what kind of practitioner you have, if we're talking about practitioners specifically. Um, so you got to do what serves you best in that situation. But I get it. It's hard. And we want to avoid that argument or seeing somebody upset at us. So we often imagine setting a boundary means that we're being rude or pushy. But it actually helps you uphold your values and allow you to practice self-care and self-compassion. And, you know, setting boundaries can be hard, but it has to be done because you want to focus on keeping your mind clear, your conscious clear. And even if they do think that you are coming off rude or pushy, who cares? Who cares? This is your care. It should be tailored to you, nobody else. 
And you don't want to resent yourself or others for making a decision that isn't that whole body yes, something that you actually feel icky about later on when you think back to it. All right, now for the real good part, we're going to talk about the steps to help you towards saying no when you actually mean no. So number one is realize you have a choice. Awareness is often the first step towards change. Your voice matters and whatever you decide is number one. Everything comes later, you know, after that. Number two, identify your priorities. You figure that out, okay? You have to really dig deep inside of yourself to think about what you feel should be number one. It will become easier to say no to anything that doesn't align with your personal goals. Don't look at anybody else. Just look at yourself. And it, I know it can be easy to look at others, especially when we live in such like um, social media-based uh, world where we literally follow others and are looking at what they're doing for themselves. And, you know, I get that it's easy to get stuck in that trap, but you need to just focus on yourself and identify your priorities. Number three, set boundaries. (laughs) Since you're so used to catering to others' feelings, this might feel really scary. But once you know what you're willing to do, just remember to communicate your needs with kindness and you know, a lot of hard emotions might come up, so it might make you angry. And, but you don't want to come off with anger when you're talking to somebody about this. Because, you know, this is your issue to deal with. And it'll actually come off better towards, you know, your partner or your practitioner if you bring these feelings out of kindness just before you talk to them, just collect yourself, take some deep breaths, and you know, figure out what you're going to say beforehand. Number four, create a mantra. Sometimes creating and posting empowering mantras can encourage you to have like a mini pep talk with yourself. So some examples that I want to give you is like, I'm allowed to say no. You can write these all on sticky notes and stick them on your bathroom mirror so that you can see them regularly. Like I said, I'm allowed to say no. That is one. That is definitely one I had put on my bathroom mirror. No is a complete sentence. I do not have to explain myself to anyone. This is my body, so this is my choice. And obviously, you don't have to use these exactly. Just find some kind of mantra that makes you feel empowered and in charge. Number five, delay your answer. And what I mean by that is, like, if you're at a doctor's appointment and 
you know, they're telling you, oh, your baby's big. We need to schedule you for a C-section. Um, let's do that now. Then you're like, whoa, 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 what's happening? Um, I don't want to make this decision right now. This is what you're saying in your head. So how can you delay your answer? Just tell them, hey, I need some time to discuss this with my husband so we can figure out what is the best route that we want to go with this. I'll get back to you. I'll call the office. Or I'll let you know on our next appointment. That's one way that you can delay your answer. So you can have time to collect your thoughts about it and figure out exactly what you want to say to your practitioner. Or just don't say anything. Continue delaying. Let yourself go into spontaneous labor and forget them. (laughs) It's your choice. Uh, On to number six. So learn how to say no with conviction. And I know it's extremely tempting to say maybe or I don't know, uh, but saying a clear no will ensure that they get your message that you're trying to convey to them. Because sometimes when you say you know, maybe, or I don't know, then they'll have some type of rebuttal coming back to you on, oh, well, the benefits of this, oh, well, the risks of that. And, you know, they might just keep coming back to you with stuff. Uh, So just say no, no thanks, or I'll pass. Um, You know, something along the lines of, I appreciate your recommendation, but I can't do that. Uh, That will help ensure that your practitioner or whoever you're talking to will know where you're coming from and what your decision is. Number seven, don't give a ton of excuses. Uh, The more details you give, the more people will, (laughs) it kind of relates to the uh, number six, um, but the more people can talk you out of your decisions, uh, especially if they have poor boundaries. And I have noticed personally that doctors don't have very good boundaries. A lot of times it's kind of their schedule, what they feel is best, and they don't take into account what your wishes are. So anyways, number number seven is don't give a ton of excuses. And it goes back to number six. Just say no. Say no with conviction. Number eight role-playing. So this is one way you can start small, so to speak, um, is try role-playing with your friends or family members that you feel like you can trust. Uh, And then you can bring up different situations to them um, to talk to you about, such as induction, such as having a C-section, or, you know, getting vaginal checks, cervical checks, um, just whatever you know that you don't want. Or, you know, if a negative situation comes up, give kind of like a little script to your friends and say, hey, I want you to say you have to have a C-section because you have a big baby. That way you can gear up your response and say, no, I don't want to do that. And you can practice that. 
Because practicing that against a real person can help you give that no with conviction to your practitioner a lot easier. Uh, Because you know, you never know. Um, When you're in the doctor's office, they might be looking at you angrily when you say no. So be prepared for that and ask your friends or partner or whoever's helping you to look angry at you or give you different facial expressions so you can practice when those facial expressions come up and you won't be so shocked or taken aback when they happen in person. Um, so number nine, practice that positive self-talk. It's very important to reassure your inner child because remember, a lot of times people-pleasing comes from when we were children. So reassure that inner child of how amazing they're doing working through this process because it's hard. And some ways that you can try is by saying to yourself, my voice matters My choice matters. I'm doing amazing at speaking up for myself. I can do hard things. I mean, it can be whatever self-motivational, you know, quotes that you want to stick in there. Or, you know, just whatever you come up with for yourself that makes you feel good about what you're doing or what you're working towards. Now, number 10, I feel like is really important. I mean, they're all important, but number 10 is celebrate your progress. This self-work is hard and scary and uncomfortable. You deserve to celebrate all of your wins along the way. Because it all helps you working towards that ultimate goal. Well, those are the 10 steps that you can take and practice to help you towards, you know, that goal of not being a people pleaser and saying no when you actually mean no. And I want you to realize at the end of the day, You can't please everyone. It's impossible and not worth it. But those that truly love and care about your mental and physical well-being will be so glad that you're taking these steps towards feeling more mentally healthy and feeling like you have a voice. As Dr. Seuss says, those who mind don't matter. And those who matter don't mind. I want to thank you so much for listening to the first episode of the Birth Junkie podcast. And I want to know. And I want to know if you have tried the tips and how they're working out for you. I really hope that these tips help you in learning how to dive within yourself to figure out how you want to honor yourself and how you want the world to honor you. And also remember, no one is perfect. 
That's why pencils have erasers. Have such a beautiful day. Until next time.